Thank you, thank you, thank you. It, it encourages my heart to know that the word of God has touched you and I will continue to be obedient to whatever God wants to do. So let's go ahead and start with prayer. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We lift you high. We give you most, the most high praise of hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives. Thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in our families' lives. Those that are close to us, our friends, that things that you're doing on our job, the many ways that you've made, the doors that you've opened. Lord, even the ones that we can't see right now, we thank you in advance for the miracles, the breakthroughs, everything that we stand in need of, God, we thank you in advance for doing it because we know that anything we ask in your name, God, it shall be done according to your will and your purpose. And it is your will and purpose that we be blessed, that we be healed, that we be set free. And Lord, I thank you right now that you're doing a work in us, in each and every one of us, God, bringing us even closer to you and setting us on a path to do any and all things that you have created us to do. You've created us for greatness. You've created us to do great and marvelous things in the earth. And I thank you, Lord, that your work is being completed in us in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I ask that you speak through me. Move me out of the way, Nina's opinions, Nina's flesh out of the way. And Lord, let your will and your perfect way be established in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Lord, have your way. Amen. Well, today, again, we are going to the word of God. Um, I was actually in a restaurant. I was in Olive Garden. And I was just going through my phone and um, I came across Ruth and I just could not leave it alone. And I started reading it right there in the restaurant and some things popped out at me. And I see a lot of these things um, correlate with what is going on and what has been happening, what a lot of us are going through. Maybe not all of us, but we have experienced a famine in our land. We have experienced the famine spiritually. We have experienced the famine um, financially. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have had to go without food and had to rely on other sources to get the things that they need, to get bills paid, to get, to get things that they need to just survive. So we have lived through and some are still going through this time of famine. So I want to just start in um, the book of Ruth, uh, chapter one. Uh, this may be a series. I'm going to try to stay within a time frame. So whatever I do not complete through this teaching, I will go ahead and follow up next week. Um, and then we can just take it from there. We're just going to let God have his way. OK, we're just going to let him do what he do. So let's start with verse one. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. 
They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Now I want to stop right there and just kind of deal with this. Now we're stopping um, mid uh, verse 3, but I want to back up to um, verse 1 through up through that point. So these are people who were in Judah, who came up in the culture of um, the teachings of God, who know, um, who have their their time with God and who have been brought up in the area of Moses and, and have studied scripture and have known and seen the hand of God and, and have just known throughout time the the greatness and the power and the authority of God. And that's what they're used to. They're used to worshiping God, praising God, living for God. These were God-fearing people. These people love God. And they were in their land living. Naomi, I'm sure she built a wonderful home within. Elimelech provided for his household and built a wonderful home for his wife and his two sons. And they were living life. And then all of a sudden, what used to come easy, what what used to be a norm for them, was no longer available. It says in the word in, in verse one that there was a famine in the land. So what he was working hard for, Elimelech was working hard for, he could no longer provide for his family. He could no longer provide the the food that was needed and and, and the security of knowing that his family had what they needed. Just think about that as a man as the man of the house, he had to make a tough decision here. He had to decide, do I, do I try to strive and, and try to survive in this land and, and try to make do with what we have? Or do I just completely step out and go to a place where I know my family can be provided for? If it takes me leaving to another country, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave and take them to a place where they will be provided for. So think about that. Think about if you were, of course, we live here in the United States, and a famine fell on this land so severe that we had to pack up. We had to make that difficult decision and pack up. And let's say move to China, whole different country, whole different culture, um, whole different way of, of living. And also the religion that is practiced in that country, uh, the predominant religion is much different from what you come to know in the United States. Now, in the United States, there are people that practice multiple cultures, but what we're known for and what this nation was built on was Christianity. And so he left what he knew, what he's always known, the security, the people, 
that he's grown to know and love and, and, and other relatives um, in that land. He decided to pack up and leave and go to a whole different country where he knows no one, where he's not promised anything in particular, but he's going there to start a new life to give his family a chance at survival. So that's what uh, Elimelech did. He loved his family. And so him and his two sons, they packed up, they moved to Moab. Now Moab is known to, to be a pagan country and they actually um, practice religions that um, would be considered protest to, um, of course, the lives of, of people of God. Um, they actually sacrificed on altars um, using sexual immoral means of doing so. I mean, we're talking a whole different country, a whole different culture, a whole different way of doing things and a whole different even form of worship to their gods. Um, and of course, all of those practices were uh, grotesque to a believer of God. So they were actually stepping out completely. Now, it's important to know that when they got there, they did not conform to that religion. They did not conform. They continued to believe in God. They continued to to worship God. So that takes us up to this point. So Elimelech, the one who sacrificed everything, to protect and provide for his family, he died. He died in a foreign land. He died and left his wife with their two boys, with their two sons. Now, back in those days, when a man dies, especially amongst God's chosen people, they come together and they help that widow and her and her sons or, or their children. And they come together and pull together and make sure that that widow has what they need when they're in, of course, um, Israel or Judah or Jerusalem. They all come together and make sure that that house is provided for. Well, she's in a foreign land. Nobody really knows her. Nobody really knows her sons. So she is literally left alone and her sons are having to probably grow up beforehand to make sure that the house is provided for. They have to grow up quickly and, and, and make a living for the household like their father would have done. So that's what we pick up from there. So we're picking up from verse 3. It says, Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Verse 4, and they married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, let's stop right there. This woman is devastated. First, she left her home. Now, we're going back to the very beginning. She had to come to terms with leaving uh, Bethlehem. 
and moving to a, a country where she knows no one. She is not familiar with their culture. She's not familiar with their way of life. But she left. And her husband, of course, took care of things, made a life for them there, and then he died. So then she had to deal with the hurt and pain of him not being there and also um, with having to make do for the household through her sons. Now her sons are gone. The sons, the two sons. So now she's left with the daughters-in-laws. She's left with, with them. And they're trying to make it together in in a foreign land for her, a familiar place for them. So it says in verse, let's see, let me go back to verse six. We're going to pick up from there. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for him, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. So with her two daughters-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So I'm going to stop right there. So she heard that God had, had provided a blessing upon the land again, that God was merciful in that land again, and she was ready to go home. She had no reason to stay in Moab. There was no family members. There was no friends. She, she literally was there because her husband and her agreed that they need to be there to make it. But now that the land was prospering again back home, she wanted to go home. She wanted to go home. She wanted to be around the people um, that she knew and loved because her little family, as far as her husband and her sons, were gone. She needed to go home. She needed that circle of friends. She needed the family that she had back home. She needed that love and support. And and also she wanted to um, be around the people of God. You know, sometimes when we are going through a tough time and we're going through a lot, especially when we've lost a lot, when we've experienced a lot of hurt and pain, when we've experienced um, some traumatic experiences, it just it it heals you to be around people that love you, the love of people, the love of your family, the love of people who lift you up and, and, and encourage you and just be there for you. It helps to be around that atmosphere and then to be around the familiar, to be around what you know and love, to be in a place of worship because Jerusalem, Bethlehem uh, was known to be a place of worship. Bethlehem was a place, a very special place within that that area that was a close-knit community. And she needed that. She needed that community. And even that in, it, in and of itself can heal you, can bring about a peace of mind. So she went back home. She, um, she made her preparations. Her daughters-in-law um, were ready to go. And then... She basically, I'm not going to read the rest of it um, up to that point, but she was basically letting them know, look, stay, go back, stay where you are familiar, stay with your mother, 
go back to your mother's home and and get married and and get, you know carry on with your life go on with your life i don't have any more children that i can have uh right now that you can marry and and continue to be my daughter-in-law so just go back to the life that you had before all of this go back and and go back to your gods go back to your belief systems Go back to what is familiar to you because I'm going back to what I know and love. So thank you for all that you've done, but go back, my daughters. She said in uh, verse 11, Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I'm going to have no, I'm, I, am I going to have any more sons? Who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought I was still in hopes for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait for them to grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. So... When And this is something important I want to point out. Let's look at Naomi. The depth of her pain here is very evident. Her husband dying. And then 10 years later, her son's dying. She took this personal. She took this personal. She said, God has put his hand against me. God has done this against me. Have you ever went through so much? And I mean so much at one time. It just seems like one thing after another just keeps falling apart. This keeps falling apart. This keeps dying. This problem comes up and you can't find a resolution. This bill uh, keeps popping up and, and can't find any help. This person died in the family. Then this other person shortly after that died in the family many things just going wrong how many know that when so many things are going wrong you start to feel like this is an attack against me what did i do to deserve this what what else could happen to me right now what what did i do so wrong that all of these things are happening to me i could not have possibly done something this bad to deserve this kind of treatment to for all of this stuff to happen in my life all at one time i know that i must have done something wrong or the or god is mad at me god is mad at me and this is what he chose to do to me so this is this is how this is the mindset that naomi was in she was absolutely crushed And she didn't even believe that God was even on her side anymore, that he was doing this against her. So at that point, um, they wept together. Um, Orpah, she listened to her. It made sense to her. And she said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go back home. She kissed her mother-in-law and she went on back. But Ruth clung to her. Ruth clung to her. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Now she said, now this is Naomi. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. 
But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went until they came to Bethlehem. And so I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Now, we often, we often speak about Ruth and her determination to stay with Naomi. She did not want to leave her side. She did not want to just allow her to go back by herself. She left the land with her husband and her two sons and she was determined to go back with her. And so I I thought about this and I thought about the whole uh, concept or, or the whole picture of this. Naomi was a strong woman of God. She was a woman of deep conviction. She was a woman that held strong to her faith even when she lost her husband. She continued on with her two sons. That lets you know that she had that fight within her to go on in life. She could have actually at that time said, you know what, my husband died and we're going to go ahead and go back. It may still be a famine in the land, but we're going to go back because I've lost my husband. But no, she continued on with herself and her two sons. And then her two sons died. And she continued to stay on and stay on in, in Moab. And then when she heard that the famine had lifted and God's hand was indeed blessing the land again, then that's when she went back. So if you look at the full picture, think about the conversations that Naomi had with Ruth and probably Orpah as well. Well, she talked about the people of God when she talked about her people back home. I'm sure she longed to be in in Jerusalem in the place of worship. And I'm sure she shared with them um, the stories of how God parted the Red Sea and allowed her people to walk across on, on dry land and kept them safe from Pharaoh. I'm very sure that she she shared with them God's hand upon Moses and how he spoke to them and how he gave them the Ten Commandments and and all the, the wonders and the amazing things that he did in those days and times and, and the miracles and the, the signs and wonders that God did and how he protected them as they walked in the wilderness um, all of those years and provided for them and that their sandals did not even wear down and that they always had food. And, and when they were out there, they had manna and they had raven and he always provided for his people. So think about all that she shared with Ruth and Orpah, all the stories of how amazing her God is. So Ruth didn't forget those things. I'm very sure that Ruth said, you know what? Uh-uh. Your people are my people. 
Your God is my God. I will die wherever you are buried. I will be there. I'm going where you're going. If if your God did all of those amazing things, well, then your God is my God. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not leaving your side. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to be dedicated and faithful to you. But I also am trusting and believing in your God that he's going to provide for me too while I'm there. That if he's going to do all of these works that you have spoken of, if he's performed these signs and wonders, if he's taking care of all of these people all of these years, surely he will take care of me. Surely he will provide for me that he would do a great and wonderful work in me. So she left her culture, their form of worship, their pagan gods, their way of doing things. She willingly left. Now that's the difference. Naomi and her husband and two sons, when they left, they had to go. They were at a point where they had to go in order to survive. But Ruth, she didn't have to go. She could have went back to Moab and went back to her life as it was. But she got caught a glimpse of who God was through Naomi, through Naomi. And she was ready. She was more than willing to go where she wanted, where I'm sorry, where Naomi was going, which was back home, back to the place of worship. We're talking Judah place of worship, going back to that place where God visited them, where God provided for them. She wanted to be a part of that. So I want you to keep that in mind. Sometimes when we're going through a great um, tragedy in our life and when things are just looking so uncertain, so bleak, um, things are just looking just impossible. Go back. Go back to that place of worship. Go back to the heart of worship. Go back to God in prayer. Um, intensify your praise because your praise is going to bring joy. It's going to bring peace into your heart. It is going to cause the presence of God to enter into every situation and every circumstance that you may be in. So, Lord, we lift up every person that is listening to this right now. Lord, you know where they are in their lives. You know what they're experiencing. I could not possibly know the first thing that they are experiencing in their life. But Lord, we know you. We know that you're a provider. We know that you and you alone are worthy of all praise, honor, and glory because you meet every need that we have, every need that our family has, our friends Lord, you listen to and honor and and move on our prayers. Our prayers give you that permission to get involved in what is going on in our lives and in the lives of others. So, Lord, I lift each and every person up to you in their situation and their circumstance. Lord, if there is healing needed, Lord, we know that you are the healer. Lord, we know that there is nothing too impossible for you. So, Lord, we decree and declare that by your stripes, they all are healed. And everyone in their family and in their friends, those that have been diagnosed with COVID, Lord, we decree and declare that by your stripes, they are 
healed. Those are going through different sicknesses and diseases outside of COVID by your stripes. They are healed. Lord, every financial situation and circumstance, God, that they're going through right now, the need is great, but Lord, you are greater. Lord, you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Lord, your riches and glory never run out. So Lord, we thank you right now for the abundance of provision. Lord, we thank you for supernatural favor that nobody, nowhere could could ever provide but you. So Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor because you and you alone could only do this. And we consider it done because we know that you're faithful. We know that you hear and answer prayer. So Lord, we lift up this prayer with confidence that it is already done in Jesus name. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to end it here. Again, I want to thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your emails. Your testimonies are absolutely amazing. Thank you for your ear, for listening. And until we speak again, may the rivers of living water continue to flow in your life. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.